Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. And welcome to our daily scripture reflection and prayer. Good to have you with us. Uh, Today, first of all, the uh, 24th of January is, uh, first of all, it's my patronal feast day, St. Francis de Sales. Francis de Sales uh, was a bishop and a spiritual author. Introduction to the Devout Life is one of the books he wrote. And he's known especially for his teaching on serenity. Serenity, always be at peace, never let anything disturb you. He uses the analogy of a of a little pool of water. If it gets all disturbed and the uh, dirt starts rising up from the from the bottom, and it's it's all cloudy, and you can't see through it. Similarly, when the soul is disturbed, it's harder to see the will of God for us at any given moment. So, um, uh, Saint Francis de Sales uh, teaches that be 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 rid of all anxiety. It's a command of Saint Paul in the Scriptures, right? Have no anxiety at all. Dismiss all anxiety from your minds. So, uh, Saint Francis de Sales today, I thought I would bring that to your attention. A couple of important things within the pro-life movement. National Right to Life Committee has issued its 2023 report on the state of abortion in the United States. Latest statistics, legal and judicial analyses, and so forth. You'll find that on our website, as you will find all things relating to the fight against abortion. Endabortion.us, endabortion.us. The 2023 report on the state of abortion. Be sure to read it. It's not excessively lengthy, but it is very informative. Also today, the trial of Mark Houck, the pro-life activist whom the Biden uh, FBI uh, raided his home. And and he's a peaceful pro-life activist. uh, And uh, uh, wow, you know, we, we, we see the weaponization of the mechanisms of government and of the intelligence agencies in the raid that they made on his home and uh, made big uh, big news. Today his trial begins in Philadelphia, so we'll pray during this time for Mark and his family. I was just with him the other night, and um, uh, important for us to keep an eye on what happens with that trial, because let me tell you, the Democrat Party wants to punish all pro-life people and pro-life activists, and uh, they'll stop at nothing to... Uh, to do so. They're bloodthirsty for the unborn. Uh, It's really sad. Let's look at the first reading from today. In fact, I want to read to you the first reading uh, as well as uh, the gospel. We're still in the letter to the Hebrews, and uh, Hebrews chapter 10 starts like this. Brothers and sisters, since the law has only a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of them, it can never make perfect those who come to worship by the same sacrifices that they offer continually each year. Otherwise, would not the sacrifices have ceased to be offered, since the worshippers once cleansed would no longer have any consciousness of sins? But in those sacrifices there is only a yearly remembrance of sins, for it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats take away sins. For this reason, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. In burnt offerings... And sin offerings, you took no delight. Then I said, as is written of me in the scroll, Behold, I come to do your will, O God. First, he says, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you neither desired nor delighted in. These are offered according to the law. 
Then he says, Behold, I come to do your will. He takes away the first to establish the second. By this will, we have been consecrated through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. The psalm, Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. I have waited, waited for the Lord. And he stooped toward me, and he put a new song into my mouth, a hymn to our God. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. Sacrifice or oblation you wish not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Burnt offerings or sin offerings you sought not. Then said I, behold, I come. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. I announced your justice in the vast assembly. I did not restrain my lips, as you, O Lord, know. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. Your justice I kept not hidden within my heart. Your faithfulness and your salvation I have spoken of. I have made no secret of your kindness and truth in the vast assembly. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. Today's gospel reading is from the gospel according to Mark chapter 3 verses 31 to 35. The mother of Jesus and his brothers arrived at the house. Standing outside, they sent word to Jesus and called him. A crowd seated around him told him, your mother and your brothers and your sisters are outside asking for you. But he said to them in reply, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around at those seated in the circle, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. This, brothers and sisters, is a clear theme in today's readings. The will of God. If you want to know what holiness is, it doesn't consist of gifts that are given for the building up of the body of Christ. For example, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, when someone was saying that because his preaching inspired them that he must be a saint, pointed out that, no, that's not what makes somebody a saint, that they have gifts to be given for the building up of the body, like the gift of preaching or administration or any of the other gifts. It's their obedience to the will of God. Jesus said at the judgment, people will say, but you, you, you taught in our streets and we ate with you. And he will say, I did not know you. Doesn't matter that he's in our presence. Doesn't matter that we have the rosary beads hanging from the windshield. Doesn't matter that we're wearing the cross. Are we obeying him? The will of God. That's holiness. You want to define holiness? It's union with God's will. God might want you to be hidden and obscure, or he might want you to be standing in front of the crowds in the bright light, leading countless others. Some have roles of leadership and are very public. Some have very quiet and private roles. Does it matter? What matters is what is the will of God in someone's life? We call it our vocation, right? What God calls us to, vocare in Latin, to call. He calls you 
He calls you to various states in life. He may call you to be married. He may call you to be single. He may call you to be a religious brother or sister. He may call you to be a priest. God's call on your life also includes specifics. If you're called to the married state, your calling is not just to the married state in some abstract way. Your calling is to be married to a specific person. Your calling likewise involves a certain professional life. All of this is part of God's plan for you. If you spent years or decades training and getting experience in a certain profession and then you've lived a fruitful life in that profession, this is, this is part of God's call. People try to discern God's call in their life and I always tell them, well, if he's given you a desire to do something, that's one of the ways he speaks to you. That's not determinative by itself. But if he also gives you the ability, a lot, of people, a lot of people have a desire to do something, but they have no ability to do it. If you have a desire to do it, you also have the skills and the ability to do it, or at least the ability to, to acquire the skills. And then you have the opportunity. Those three things together at the same time are pretty good indications of God's will for you. Don't wait for an apparition from heaven. A lot of times the best response to uncertainty about what God wants us to do is to simply start doing it. God will, God will correct us. Sometimes, sometimes what we have to do is let ourselves wait for the corrective action of God rather than the directive action of God. In other words, I don't sit around waiting for, oh, Jesus, appear to me. Tell me what to do. I want to hear a voice. You may have all the information that you need. Just start doing it. Start walking down that path. And then God will make it clearer. Maybe you need more information drawn from more experience. You know, I always tell young people who seek, uh, who have a, a feel, a, 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 an inclination towards priesthood or religious life, I say to them, presume that you do have a vocation and let God tell you that you don't, instead of presuming that you don't have one or that you don't know and then God will tell you that you do. And the reason I say presume that you do, if you have the desire, that takes a lot of faith. It's not a natural desire. That's a supernatural desire. Follow it. Presume that you have that calling. All of us, brothers and sisters, must be subject to the will of God. He is the only one, as a matter of fact, who deserves and who can claim our absolute loyalty and obedience. Only God. Other human beings in different circumstances can represent the authority of God your employer, for example. You have to follow the proper instructions of, of your employer. Uh, the civil law, we have to follow the civil law. Church law, we have to follow church law. These are institutions put in place by God to establish order in our lives. But the thing I want to point out here, too, about what these readings today speak about is that obedience to the will of God is historically rooted in the act of obedience of Jesus Christ on the cross. And that was for a purpose, for a mission. And all obedience takes its shape from that obedience of the Son of God to the Father. To do what? To conquer sin and establish justice on the earth. To bring about life and life more abundantly. 
Jesus Christ was obedient to the Father for the purpose of accomplishing salvation and establishing his kingdom, which the liturgy on the Feast of Christ the King tells us is a kingdom of truth and life, of holiness and grace, of justice, love, and peace. The will of God is never contrary to those things. That's why in the scheme of obedience, which takes its shape from the act of obedience of Jesus Christ, it can never and will never, no, no act, no command from God will ever tell you to break the commandments. No command of God will ever be contrary to the promotion of truth in life, holiness in grace, justice, love, and peace. It will never go contrary to that. And that's where we also see the teaching that obedience is hierarchical. If in the hierarchy, starting with, with God in Christ, anybody appointed to authority gives you a command contrary to what the, the very purpose of that obedience of Christ, the kingdom of truth and life, holiness and grace, justice, love and peace, then you take up the call of the apostles. As you see more than once in the Acts of the Apostles, when they're told not to preach the name of Jesus, we must obey God rather than men. You see, that act of the religious and civil authorities of their day went contrary to the very purpose of the obedience of Christ. The obedience of Christ was to see to it that the gospel got proclaimed to all the nations. The apostles were told, do not preach in the name of Jesus. They were told to be silenced. We must obey God rather than men. That's where, you know, that's the, this helps you understand, too, the relationship of the church and the state. The church says yes to the state and acknowledging that it has a purpose and that there's legitimate authority in the state. But the church also says no to the state in as much as it does not have a claim on our absolute obedience. And that sometimes it tells us to do things that are contrary to the will and law of God, which is not something arbitrary. It's set. It's a kingdom of truth and life, of holiness and grace, of justice, love, and peace. Obedience can never go against those things. I come to do your will, O God, for the accomplishment of your kingdom. Add in the rest of that. You see, we obey as human beings. Scripture says the stars and the seas and the winds and the waves obey him. That's a different sense of the word obey because they don't have a mind or a will. The wind, the seas, the stars, the moon, the sun, they don't have a mind, a will. They don't have a conscience. But we as human beings, we give voice to the obedience of creation and we have a mind where we can understand what's being told us and we have a will and we have a conscience. A conscience, our mind, it has to be trained, of course, as to what the will of God is. Again, the kingdom of truth and life. Holiness and grace, justice, love, and peace. Once the conscience is trained, it's our mind telling us before we make any decision whether that decision seems right or wrong. Ultimately, we have to obey our own conscience. Again, trained by, informed by the word of God and the teachings of his gospel and his church. But once we've gotten that formation... Conscience doesn't get wiped away. Conscience doesn't get wiped away by anybody. Let me read three quotes here from the Catechism. 
Number 1713, man is obliged to follow the moral law which urges him to do what is good and avoid what is evil. This law makes itself heard in his conscience. Again, we're not talking about some independent source that contradicts the word of God. No, again, it's advancing the kingdom of Christ that has its, its clear characteristics. But the conscience is delivering that final assessment, if you will, before you take that action. 1782 in this catechism says, man has the right to act in conscience and in freedom so as to personally make moral decisions. He must not be forced to act contrary to his conscience, nor must he be prevented from acting according to his conscience, especially in religious matters. We see this, of course, at issue in our day when employers are telling employees to do things that are contrary to their religious faith, right? We must obey God rather than men. And in obeying God, we're obeying conscience, which is delivering to us according to how it's been formed, and it can sometimes be in error, obviously, but it is nevertheless delivering to us that final judgment about the action we're about to take, whether it's right or wrong, we have to obey it. And finally, number 1800 in the Catechism, a human being must always obey the certain judgment of his conscience. So in other words, we have to learn the will of God, we learn the word of God, but then we learn it as human beings. We're not obeying God like the wind and the sea and the waves. We're obeying God as free agents, freely discerning, freely loving, freely embracing him. And this is what he tells us in today's readings. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that all those who are following you today by proclaiming life, proclaiming justice, proclaiming truth, teaching their children the gospel, and sometimes, Lord, it means taking their children out of school or objecting to what's being taught in school or telling their employee, their employers that they're not going to do certain things that are contrary to their conscience. Or sometimes it's the employer who has to tell the civil authorities that he or she will not do things they are saying that are contrary to your word. Lord God, Give all people the freedom of your spirit, both to know and to do what is right. And when it is necessary, Lord, for us to say we will obey God rather than men, enable us to take that step. We ask you to bless Mark Hauk today as his trial begins in Philadelphia. This man who has faithfully borne witness to the sanctity of life, enable him, Lord, to stand clearly with you this day. Bless his attorneys as they stand up against the weaponization of the FBI by the Democrat Party and the Biden administration. Bless all your people throughout this land who proclaim your word and who defend life faithfully. We come to do your will. And we pray now, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, got to get on to my other meetings now, friends. Have a great day. We will talk to you later.
Hello, friends, and welcome to our daily scripture reflection and prayer. Good to have you with us. Uh, today, first of all, the uh, 24th of January is, uh, first of all, it's my patronal feast day, St. Francis de Sales. Francis de Sales uh, was a bishop and a spiritual author. Introduction to the Devout Life is one of the books he wrote. And he's known especially for his teaching on serenity, serenity, always be at peace, never let anything disturb you. He uses the analogy of a, of a little pool of water. If it gets all disturbed and the uh, dirt starts rising up from the, from the bottom and it's, it's all cloudy and you can't see through it. Similarly, when the soul is disturbed, it's harder to see the will of God for us at any given moment. So um, uh, St. Francis de Sales uh, teaches that be, be, be rid of all anxiety. It's a command of St. Paul in the scriptures, right? Have no anxiety at all. Dismiss all anxiety from your minds. So uh, St. Francis de Sales today, I thought I would bring that to your attention. Uh, a couple of important things within the pro-life movement. National Right to Life Committee has issued its 2023 report on the state of abortion in the United States. Latest statistics, legal and judicial analyses, and so forth. You'll find that on our website, as you will find all things relating to the fight against abortion. Endabortion.us, endabortion.us, the 2023 report on the state of abortion. Be sure to read it. It's not excessively lengthy, but it is very informative. Also today, the trial of Mark Houck, the pro-life activist whom the Biden uh, FBI uh, raided his home, and, and he's a peaceful pro-life activist, uh, and um, uh, wow, you know, the, we, we, we see the weaponization of the mechanisms of government and of the intelligence agencies in the raid that they made on his home and uh, made big, uh, big news. Today his trial begins in Philadelphia, so we'll pray during this time for Mark and his family. I was just with him the other night, and... Um, uh, important for us to keep an eye on what happens with that trial, because let me tell you, the Democrat Party wants to punish all pro-life people and pro-life activists, and uh, they'll stop at nothing to, uh, to do so. They're bloodthirsty for the unborn. Uh, it's really sad. Let's look at the re first reading from today. In fact, I want to read to you the first reading uh, as well as uh, the gospel. We're still in the letter to the Hebrews, and uh, Hebrews chapter 10 starts like this. Brothers and sisters, since the law has only a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of them, it can never make perfect those who come to worship by the same sacrifices that they offer continually each year. Otherwise, would not the sacrifices have ceased to be offered, since the worshipers once cleansed would no longer have any consciousness of sins? But in those sacrifices there is only a yearly remembrance of sins, for it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats take away sins. For this reason, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you took no delight. Then I said, as is written of me in the scroll, behold, I come to do your will, O God. First, he says, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you neither desired nor delighted in. These are offered according to the law. Then he says, Behold, I come to do your will. He takes away the first to establish the second. By this will, we have been consecrated through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once 
for all. The psalm, here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. I have waited, waited for the Lord, and he stooped toward me, and he put a new song into my mouth, a hymn to our God. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. Sacrifice or oblation you wished not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Burnt offerings or sin offerings you sought not. Then said I, behold, I come. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.